What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Week four, almost in the books. Just waiting for Sunday night and Monday night here. Welcome. I'm Adam Azer with Dave Richard and Heath Cummings. Uh, did we see the fall of Chris Carson in week four? The rise of Latavius Murray? The end of Miles Gaskin on fantasy rosters? Let's find out. We also have the David Montgomery injury that we'll react to, but he's not the only Bears running back who got hurt in this game. And all the winners and all the losers. Cordaro Pat, What? Cordero Patterson, three touchdowns, all receptions, wild. Guys, how'd you feel about week four, Heath? How was it? I think you hit on it, like, and you even left out half of them. It was all about the running backs who disappeared. Um, Tyson Williams was wiped away from the face of, of all football. Um, didn't even get to play this week. Mike Davis clearly supplanted by Cordero Patterson. It's, um, oh, there, there's, there's a, a, a just a, as the best fantasy running back in Atlanta. I mean, yes, Mike Davis is still going to get his 13 carries for 25 yards. <laughs> we, bad schedule. I wish you got 25 yards on his 13 carries today. Uh, uh, I, was, yeah, I was thoroughly entertained by what we saw. And yes, there were a lot of comebacks with running backs. Jonathan Taylor uh, is back from the tomb of fantasy football hell. Uh, that sounded grim. Uh, Chase Edmonds had some good plays. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire over 100 yards for the second straight week. Miles Sanders with under and a one-yard touchdown yards. for Clyde. A one-yard uh, touchdown. Yeah, on, a, on another catch, another red zone catch for a touchdown for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He didn't have a rushing touchdown later in the game. Uh, definitely not ready to say that Mike Davis is the worst running back in Atlanta. Uh, the snap count will tell us that, but Chubbard was a dullard. And fantasy managers are going to be sick to their stomach when they see what he did. No, oh, he was he wasn't that bad. He had about sixty total yards. Oh, no, it, that's it's, bad. That's completely bad. and totally discouraging in every fat way because the whole thing was when Christian McCaffrey went out, Mike Davis got all of the work for like nine weeks. The first week without McCaffrey and Hubbard got the running work. And didn't get the targets hardly at all. Those went to someone. He else. had three catches. What, what do you want from him? Six? Okay. He had two catches. He had 14 yards on those two catches. He didn't even get you 10 you CPR sure? points. I'm two, looking right two at targets, the, two targets, two catches. Uh, maybe yeah, I, maybe one got called back. 
something like that, or maybe I just wrote it down wrong. But I had him with three catches, but okay. Um, yeah, they, DJ Moore was used out of the backfield. DJ Moore caught a touchdown out of the backfield. Rodney, the, the, Rodney Smith had five catches. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, look, okay, fine. Yeah. But but he, was, he wasn't Miles Gaskin, and he, and he wasn't... Uh, he probably was better than Dalvin Cook. How about that? All right, so let's get into the big news here. Uh, there were eight, by the way, Dalvin Cook was uh, started in only eighty-two percent of leagues. You want to bet there were some managers who were like, "Oh man, I can't believe I didn't get Dalvin Cook in my lineup." And then they're like, "Oh, thank God, I didn't get Dalvin Cook in my lineup." David Montgomery left with a knee injury. The initial report is that it might not be, you know, a season ender. Uh, this is from Ian Rappaport. David Montgomery, who left with a knee injury, will have an MRI tomorrow. Source said, the initial belief based on early tests is that the hyperextended knee did not lead to a major injury, but the additional tests will tell the full story. So we can hope that is the case. Not a serious injury, but also Damian Williams left with an injury as well. So Dave, what's the Bears running back situation right now as they have the Raiders and the Packers and the Bucks in their next three games? Khalil Herbert would be the next guy up. He's a rookie. He looked good in the preseason. Where have you heard that from me before? If it's if there's no Montgomery and there's no Damian Williams, then Herbert theoretically would have a chance to, at the very least, split reps with somebody else in the backfield. And I would assume if there's no Montgomery, then Damian Williams and Khalil Herbert are going to split reps. Not 50-50, but I don't think you see a situation where any team is giving Damian Williams 70% of the touches in a backfield at this stage of his career. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I think the Raiders, wrong, the Raiders could be a good matchup, but then yeah, I don't want to get too deep into the matchups, but you're not necessarily going to trust them. These guys, unless they have good matchups. And I mean, we just talked about 17 four. running backs that were ranked in the top 25 that we hate now. So that's true. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, five weeks are going to start coming. Maybe there's a reason to trust in Herbert or Damian Williams in your lineup. If you're then at the position, I mean, like these are running backs who are going to play in a football game and have a chance to get you 10 plus touches. Right. That's something that's going to help you in some sort of way. It might not be a great way. I'm not going to recommend these guys as must starts or anything like that. After Montgomery got hurt, he got hurt on the very first play of the fourth quarter. Damian Williams played seven of the 12 snaps. Herbert played five of the 12. We're not sure where the Williams injury took place uh, in between those 12 snaps. Okay. Other big news. We got two quarterback injuries. Jimmy Garoppolo left with a calf injury and Teddy Bridgewater left with a concussion. Now, Drew Locke, he struggled. Not a shock, but Trey Lance, I mean, look at the final fantasy points. He scored more than 20 fantasy points in one half of football. He scored 24 fantasy points on 18 pass attempts. Now, he was helped by Debo Samuel being left wide open for a 70-plus-yard touchdown catch, 76 yards. But Mm -hmm. is Trey Lance a must-add right now at 50% rostered? I think the news, like, there's a a decent chance by Tuesday afternoon, Kyle Shanahan's come out and said, we expect Jimmy Garoppolo to be okay. He's our starting starting quarterback. Um, if that happens, then wow. Lance should still be rostered. But I, I didn't want to drop him in the first place. I didn't want to drop Justin Fields after his terrible performance last week. So yes, I think they both should be rostered in more leagues than they are. Okay. They have Arizona next week, then they have a bye. So it could be a situation where you have him for one game. We'll see what they say about Garoppolo, if they even say he's our starter 
when uh, when he's back. I mean, if you take, I know this is wild, but if you take away the seventy plus yard touchdown catch, it was not a very efficient game. It was, it was most, yeah, it was it was, it was very much like the preseason. Yeah, where the, there was the wow play, and the wow play was really just wow. The defense didn't cover him, right? Um, and then it was a lot of. <laughs> but the thing is, he did the thing that Justin Fields really hasn't done in his starts. He scrambled Ram. a lot. Seven yeah. carries in a half of football. Um, like For 41 yards like, and a half of football. Right. Like a Jalen Hurts type rusher, possibly. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about fields a little bit later, but I, I'm thinking, you know, we, we're probably a little more optimistic. He, he had better numbers than his fantasy points, a better game than his fantasy points, but right. three rushing touchdowns for the Bears took some points away from Justin Fields. Will Fuller left with an injury, unfortunately. So did Byron Jones, Dolphins cornerback. Uh, Antonio Gibson limped off in the fourth quarter, but he seems to be okay. Logan Thomas, on the other hand, got hurt at the very beginning of the game, didn't have a target in the game. He left and uh, did not return. He was very upset when he walked off the field. And then there's Dalvin Cook. At some point, yeah. Cook had 44 total yards, limped off in the third quarter, came back. Just He was out for a few series, I think. I don't know. Seems to be okay, but one of those games. He played 61% of the snaps in the first half. I think he was okay then. Uh, and then they, they, I guess he got beat up a little bit in the second half, only played 43% of the snaps, almost even with Madison in the second half, but did come back. This could be one to watch over the next week is, is how much he practices. And then if he plays, do the Vikings pull back a little bit on him being the workhorse and they let Alexander Madison handles some touches. So, so I, I think we'll probably still feel like Cook is a number one fantasy running back, but it might be for the best if you put him toward the bottom of the top 12. Oh, ah, like uh, behind who? DeAndre Swift. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing. DeAndre like, Swift outscored him again today, didn't he? Uh, probably in three catches. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I don't know. It wouldn't be such a bad thing. Look, you look at Zeke and Pollard, right? That's what I'm saying. It, it, you can give Pollard 10 carries a game as long as Zeke's getting the ones that count. Cook would be getting the ones that count if, if this scenario unfolds, you would think anyway. It would be going back to, like, but the way that works, because what the, and we'll talk about this later, but what the Cowboys have done is gone back to what the Vikings have done over the last three years. Just run, run, run. They're just not throwing the ball. Yeah. Except for in the red zone. Uh, okay. And those are your big news items. We'll get to the winners and losers in just a second. The big winner is our Facebook group, because it's super fun. Join our Facebook group. Search Fantasy Football Today on Facebook. Uh, remember when it was the Facebook? Click on the link in the episode description. That's another way to get to our Facebook group um, and ask starter sit questions. And you can talk through some trade ideas and a lot more. Great interaction with very smart people who love fantasy football. You will enjoy it. Ben, do you remember uh, the Facebook? Were you part of that? Or no, I probably wasn't allowed to be on the Facebook. I was probably <laughs> six years old. <laughs> probably. Well, how old were you in 2006? Ben? No, t- 2003, let's say. Six years old. Oh, there you go. I think that's what I joined. Ben didn't know what the NWO was. So when I came into the office today, he was he was checking out Nick Westbrook Aquina uh-huh. from the Titans, and he coined him NWI. And just as a knee-jerk reaction, I went, N-W-I. <laughs> like the New World Order. And Ben gave me like a blank stare, like he had no idea what the New World Order was. I immediately tweeted it because I found it amusing. I don't really know what the end with the new world order. I knew it was a wrestling thing, but yeah. Right. He had no clue. 
I could have told him it was a knitting group from my grandma. <laughs> and he would have been like, oh, nice, NWO. Can they make me, a, you know, mittens or something? No, they were the New World Order. All right, let's so, do some winners and losers here. And then NWI tanked like WCW. There you go. Very good. Uh, Cordero Patterson Heath, he's your number one winner. And he had six carries, but he also had five catches, three of them for touchdowns. And now he has five touchdowns on the season. Patterson was started in 47% of leagues. Is he a must start? He's got the Saints next week. That is a literal thing that I have tweeted, believe it or not, before it. Um, just about an hour ago, Cordero Patterson is a must start. Um, so, yeah, I I think it would be very difficult. I don't want to make any claims that he's going to be a must start the rest of the season. But right now, he is their second best option in the passing game. Like, he's not even the third best option. It's It works out better for the Falcons when they throw to Cordero Patterson than when they throw to Kyle Pitts. Um, and I would think at some point Pitts is going to really seize that number two role and and be better, be a better option. Um, but their offense and the way it's currently structured is going to involve a lot of stuff around that line of scrimmage. Patterson's really pretty good in space. And Arthur Smith's doing a good job getting him design plays in space at a relatively low volume. He's a unique animal, but you've got to start him for now. Okay. I agree. And 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 look, they tried to get Pitts going. He had a couple of targets early on in the game, finished with a career-high nine career. It's only been four games, but you know what I'm saying. Um, Patterson, just he, he got behind Washington's defense for the first touchdown of the game, and he just he's making plays. He's not playing as much as he even did last week. 30% of the snaps were Cordero Patterson. Mike Davis was close to 70%, obviously. So I'm... I think you've got to go with Patterson if you like. You need a flex. You need a running back. That position's thin. Here's somebody that's producing. Uh, he's working in the red zone with Mike Davis. He's he's a thing. Quick update here: Jimmy Garoppolo anticipates being out a couple of weeks with his calf injury. Remember that that might just be one game because they do have a bye in week six. Okay, Cordaro Patterson. At this point, I mean, rest of I, I can understand next week. Just because Sanders has been so bad, but rest of season, would you rather have Miles Sanders or Cordero Patterson? Oh my god, it's it's so ridiculous to even you're trying like you're kind of setting up for one of the other, believe it or not, but I'm going to avoid it. Um, I will say Cordero Patterson. I'll I'll stick with Sanders because I'm stubborn. Okay, Terry McLaurin and Kenny Galladay were winners. Terrible reason, but it's uh, that's kind of how I feel. Terry McLaurin and Kenny Galladay were winners for you, Heath. McLaurin with 123 yards and two touchdowns on 13 targets. And Galladay with 116 yards on eight targets at New Orleans. So big games for them. And McLaurin was already a must-start. Galladay only started in 20% of leagues. What do you want to say about these two NFC East receivers? I just, I, it was nice to see Kenny Galladay produce as a giant. It was nice to see him getting some downfield targets and connecting on them. So... This gives me more hope that he will be a number two wide receiver in non-PPR and a, a high-end number three wide receiver in full PPR rest of season. For Terry McLaurin, it's just now two or three games, and we need to give Taylor Heineke all the credit in the world. He's been a starting fantasy quarterback since he took over. Um, yeah. At least 24 fantasy points in all three games, and now two out of three games with at least 13 targets for Terry McLaurin. When, when Fitzpatrick went down, we kind of said, okay, Terry McLaurin will still be the guy he's been, the mid-range number two, but that hope we had for the breakout to be a number one wide receiver is gone now. It's not gone now. 
Yeah, and also consider, I don't know if there are any matchups that I care about anymore. I mean, it's just, like, I don't think Mar- Marshawn Lattimore is really a shutdown guy at this point. Ale- mostly, we talked about it on Friday. Alexander stays on his side of the field. The best cornerbacks are not shadowing. Ramsey doesn't shadow. McLaurin, in between these two huge games, had 62 yards against the Bills, who just shut down Brandon Cooks. I feel like that is, I, I'm sorry, it's a little bit of a tangent, but just that might be the only matchup where I'm really afraid for a wide receiver going up against the Bills. They are just killing these number one wide receivers so far, and they did it to McLaurin in week three. Um, and uh, I don't know if they're going to do it to Tyreek Hill next week. That's the only exception, but can't wait for that game. All right, Dave, let's go to a couple By the way, I, you just bills. have to point out with McLaurin, he bailed out Heineke on that second touchdown. Yeah. Late in the game, Heineke was under pressure. He just chucked it to the general vicinity of where McLaurin was, and McLaurin made a play on it. Uh, the Falcons' defense had no idea how to handle it. And All right, so other than that, speaking- really good game. In fact, he should have had another big gain, but Heineke overthrew him. Speaking of the Bills, Dave, let's get to your two of your three winners here. Dawson Knox, career high, tied a career high with eight. No, no, I I don't think Dave should get to talk about Dawson Knox. I think Dawson Knox, this needs to be the Adam Azer victory lap. (laughs) You're the only person in the fantasy football community who ever thought that the Bills were going to throw the ball to their tight end. You told us all summer they were going to throw it to their tight end. And now Dawson Knox is 2020 Robert Tunyon. Maybe, uh, yeah, I mean, that's not a bad comparison. The eight targets are encouraging, and I think the targets have gone up now two straight weeks, right? From three to five to eight. I don't think he's a must-start tight end, personally. I think, like, Cole Beasley had a horrible game, right? I just think that... Uh, Cole Beasley's one of my losers, and yes, I, I Cole Beasley is discount Tyler Lockett. You get the, the bust <laughs> without the booms. <laughs> yeah. I think that the Bills are kind of like the Cardinals. They're spreading it around so much. Knox, Knox has had a, at least one touchdown in three straight games. You got to pick him up. He's going to let you down a few games too. But I, I guess he could be a top twelve tight end. It's not. It's not that hard. What do you guys? Well, he think? may have already locked it up. He scored four touchdowns. That's I mean, a good point. <laughs> three. <laughs> no, I think four. Right. I think uh, two today and and one in each of the previous two. Four touchdowns in his last three games. Uh, and I guess, you know, the target share was really good, too. Eight targets on 29 passes. What do you think? Is Dawson Knox a, a top 12, borderline, must-start guy? I think he's a streaming tight end who you'll be lucky to see eight targets from again. But he's definitely got the touchdown appeal. We've seen it now for three straight games, and the Bills are about to play the Chiefs, thinking there's going to be a lot of touchdowns in week number five. After that, they've got Tennessee and then a bye and then Miami and then Jacksonville. And then the Jets and the Colts. So maybe there's going to be a rough stretch coming up, but let's just keep it short term with Knox. Where Where is the rough the stretch, and though? He's going to be a top 12 guy in week five. <laughs> Jacksonville and the Jets? Doesn't sound like a um, tough stretch. I think, like, I think you just have to compare him. Um, I, some of us, including me, got away from Dallas Goddard this week. I would still rather have Dallas Goddard than Dawson Knox, I think. I think I'd still rather have Dalton Sh- Schultz than Dawson Knox. Um, but like this Logan Thomas injury... And some of the other, like Tyler Conklin, we got excited about. Um, he's he's going to move into that range. He'll be that guy. And and what we've seen from a lot of these guys is they move into the streaming conversation. And that's the week that they give you uh, two catches for 20 yards. Yeah. Yeah. And so maybe you just have to stick with it when they have a bad game. But try to get a guy on a good... The Robert Tunyon comparison is good. Uh, Zach Moss, Dave, another one of your winners. He scored a touchdown in three straight games. He has definitely benefited from garbage time against the Dolphins. Against uh, Houston today, but do you think he is uh, a flex, a number two, or a sell high? Like, what do you think about Moss? 
he's at worst of flex. I think he he crawled into my number two running back range uh, today while we were doing the show. Just thinking about how this game was going to go against Houston, you knew it was going to be a blowout win for the Bills. He's dominating garbage time. He's dominating red zone snaps. So I think that this is a good opportunity to buy into Zach Moss if he's if he's still out there. Some people might call him a sell high because how could he keep this up with all these touchdowns? Well, he actually looks like the best running back in Buffalo as well. And I just went over the schedule and look at how many games that are in the Bills' future where they should be able to blow out their opponent. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, okay. I was wrong about Zach Moss today because he scored a touchdown. I don't I don't understand that he looks like the best running back in Buffalo. In this very game, they had the same number of carries, and Devin Singletary had 18 more yards. They had the same number of targets, and Devin Singletary caught his and had seven yards, and Zach Moss had zero receiving yards. For in the three games they've played together, Devin Singletary still has a higher share of the carries. Now he looks like he's going to score the most P- non-PPR fantasy points. Probably it seems like it, but I don't know how he can be averaging a yard less per carry or a half yard less per carry than Devin Singletary over the year. And we can say he looks like he's, he's definitely better because he looks better in the red zone where he's played twelve of sixteen snaps just today and eight of fifteen in the fourth quarter. So maybe you're right. Maybe he's not the most talented running back in that backfield. We know that that uh, Singletary likes to make guys miss, and he's really good at it. And Moss is more of a run you over type of dude who does have some hop in his step. But the Bills are showing us how they use him and what they like about him, and they're going to put him in those high value situations. Like, I thought it was a pretty, and it was it was a good day for Moss for sure. It's a good day for both running backs. I thought because I thought after last week there was a risk that Devin Singletary kind of falls to the back burner a little bit. I thought the way he stepped up and played in this game was pretty encouraging as well. It was, but thirty nine percent of the snaps is never a good thing. Yeah, and and I think all the work near the end zone too. The one target that Moss got was at the one yard line, and they just kind of didn't connect there. It could have been a receiving touchdown. Dave, your other winner is Trey Sermon, who you know at the end of the day he doesn't really have that good of a fantasy game. Right when under, I turned it, he was rolling. Yeah, but but you know, I mean, look, he, he dominated the carries. He didn't score. He didn't have a catch. But I mean, it still was a much much better day for Trey Sermon. Nineteen carries, eighty nine yards against Seattle. Sure. And so, like, in the first half to, you know, basically until Garoppolo got hurt, I felt like Sermon was running well, averaging five yards per carry, seemed to fit into what the scheme is in San Francisco. And he was doing it against Seattle. Not a great run defense, but by toward the end of the game, he wasn't putting up nearly as many good numbers. He had, how many carries did he end up having in the game? Was 19, it 19? 19 for 89. Yeah, right. So if you had told me before the game that he would have had that many carries, I would have said, this guy's going to have an awesome game. He's a must-start. As it was, he was a flex, and he played only 54% of the snaps in the game. That was better than anybody not named Kyle Juszczyk. Juszczyk played 81% of the snaps, but you know that he lines up at fullback a bunch. I I think he's at least a flex until Elijah Mitchell comes back, and then we go right back to square one with these 49ers running backs, uh, not knowing exactly how they will operate from week to week. Okay. Let's give uh, let's get your losers uh, double time here because we got so much to get to here. Start with Heath's losers: Cole Beasley, Ceedee Lamb. What is going on with these Cowboys receivers? And Chris Carson. Um, Cole Beasley. Did you already kind of hit on that? Yeah, we we already hit on that. It's just like he's a flex or number three that you hope that it's the week that he gets twelve targets, but you don't ever really know when it is. I guess. Um, like I, it's pretty easy to tell you what's going on with the Cowboys wide receivers. 
they're turning Dak Prescott into Kirk Cousins. Not Kirk Cousins this year, because Kirk Cousins gets to pass this year. I guess Russell Wilson might be the better way. But it was a third consecutive week where the Cowboys had more rush attempts than pass attempts. And it's not just because they had a big lead in the second half. They had more rush attempts than pass attempts in the first half. And the score was 14 to 13. That's that's a bad, bad thing for Lamb and Cooper, especially because they're still throwing the ball to Dalton Schultz. They're still throwing the ball to the tight ends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hey. and Gallup's coming back at some point too. So they play. Tell me how many pass attempts you think Dak Prescott will have against the Giants next week. The way things are going right now, I'm probably going to project like 25, which is insane. At New England in week six. Same thing? Yeah. Same amount of pass attempts? I mean, honestly, it's probably going to be 30. But Yeah, just, I mean, I think he'll get to 30. I, I just okay. it's hard it's to say less than Amongst 30. the lowest projected in the league. He's, but he's so, so And then he's got right a buy in week seven. And then after that, Minnesota, Denver, Atlanta, the Kansas City. There's going to be some games where he's going to have to throw in there. I, I was going to say maybe this is the time to trade away Dak Prescott. But I'd do you think there's going to be people in your league that are going to give up a good quarterback or a good player and a bad quarterback in exchange for him? Well, you might be able to trade him from Lamar Jackson right now. Should you? Lamar Jackson has one game with more than 20 fantasy points. I, in I six would rather have Lamar Jackson than Dak Prescott moving forward. Well, they're both I'm, not really throwing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess so. I'm but. not ready to commit to that, actually. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Would you guys have, would you rather have Russell Wilson than both of them? I'm not sure about that either because I think Seattle figured out another way that they can win games without having Russ throwing all over the place. But he never he never throws that much, really. He's always, he's always been one of the most efficient quarterbacks. Uh, right, you know? but I was, I was having flashbacks to the second half of last year. And he had three touchdowns in the game, but he also... He didn't even have 150 yards passing. So I'm I'm getting a little nervous about some of these quarterbacks. I don't know that, like, in reference to the Lamar thing and not throwing, I don't know that he's going to be that low of a pass volume quarterback. They were ahead the entire day against Denver, and he threw 37 passes today for 316 yards. He just didn't have the touchdowns. Uh, yeah. And if they're going to stick with a bunch of grumpy old men at running back, then maybe that's a sign that they're going to keep asking Lamar to throw. Okay, sorry, let's go to Chris Carson, Heath, your last loser here. What happened in the backfield today with Alex Collins getting so much uh, work? Alex Collins ran a little bit hotter than Chris Carson today. I don't know if Carson had a little injury. That's possible. He's had a bunch of little injuries <laughs> over his years in the league. But um, and in Alex Collins, I think because of the hair, always looks like he's running a little bit wilder than he actually is. But he was running like his hair was on fire today. <laughs> and... Um, there was more of a split than we would definitely like to see in a backfield with Chris Carson. Okay. Carson only Go. played two of 14 fourth quarter snaps. It was Alex Collins with 10 of 14 snaps in the fourth quarter. He uh, he definitely had the hotter hand. They wanted to go with him, it seems like. There was no reported injury that I saw after the game. If there was something reported after the game, I haven't seen it yet. Okay, Dave, let's get to your losers. Who are your big stinking losers from week four? Well, the obvious one is Tyson Williams. He didn't even play. There's going to be people who are going to be ready to cut him. I I didn't watch enough of the game to realistically say how good the other running backs in Baltimore looked. I know Latavius scored. Uh, I saw some plays of Le'Veon. He looked like he was running in slow motion. Devontae Freeman barely played. I wonder if it's really over for Tyson Williams. If you've got him and you need the roster spot, go ahead and cut him. 
If you don't need the roster spot, let's see what happens in a week. If they still don't make them active next week after what these running backs gave them this week, then then I'd say it's over for Tyson Williams. So he's a loser. Miles Sanders is a loser. Uh, only had seven carries the week after only getting two carries. I thought he'd have more. Um, it's three straight games without even 60 yards, I think. Yep. So very frustrating if you've got Miles Sanders on your team. No, you shouldn't cut him. You'll cut Tyson Williams first. You'll cut a bunch of people first, but you're going to have a hard time feeling good about starting Miles Sanders. And Kirk Cousins is another loser. I thought he'd crush Cleveland, but he was missing throws basically for like 60% of the game. He came out hot on the first drive. Uh, second quarter, third quarter, he was really bad. Fourth quarter, he started to get hot again, but they were just, they, they got the ball back with like 40 seconds left, something like that, and they couldn't do anything with it to score. Uh, I, think he, I think he's got bounce back potential. I wonder if he hits the waiver wire in a handful of leagues. And if he does, I'd, I'd be interested in picking him up. Don't drop him with Detroit coming up this week. Uh, yeah, but hopefully just a blip in the radar for uh, for Clint, for Kirk Cousins. He has been so good and so reliable going back to midseason of 2020. We will take a break when we come back. Did you waste the draft pick on Robert Woods? Did you waste the draft pick on Kyle Pitts, on Allen Robinson? We'll talk about some of these guys right after this quick break on Fantasy Football Today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. We are back here, Adam, Dave, and Heath. And yeah, this segment is called Wasted Draft Picks with a question mark. So here are a bunch of names and tell me if you think that you're just, they're just going to be busts. You know, I'm not saying we need to drop them. We're not dropping Robert Woods or he caught a touchdown, I know, but still frustrating game. We're not dropping Allen Robinson or Pitts or anything like that. But do you, are you getting this feeling that just going to be bad picks? So the names I have are Woods, Allen Robinson, 3K. Darnell Mooney had like this massive game. Allen Robinson, six catches for 35 yards on 11 targets. Um, no, no, I'm sorry. Uh, that was uh, week one against the Rams. He still had a crappy game, though, uh, against the uh, Detroit Lions. Kyle Pitts, 50 yards on nine targets. Miles Gaskin, holy cow. Juju oh, Smith-Schuster. Now, Juju, I think we could talk about dropping. And Brandon Ayuk. Are these wasted picks? Woods, Robinson, Pitts, Gaskin, Juju, Ayuk. Um, I would say that it seems as if the last... I don't think Woods or Pitts are. And Pitts, like, I wouldn't be surprised if we get to tomorrow and we're looking at the standings and Pitts is like 15th in the year at tight end. Um, just because he's a tight end. I think he'll be fine. Robert Woods, I'm probably starting against Seattle next week. And I think he's going to be good. Um, I think Gaskin, Juju, and Ayuk might all be wasted picks. I'm not necessarily going to drop all of them. Um, but I, you know, Tyler Boyd, there was some that weird thing with Mike Tomlin where Tyler Boyd had said the Steelers quit and they talked about it all week. And I was watching the Steelers and Packers game this afternoon. He's like, oh, that's what Tyler Boyd meant. Um, it it was absolutely disgusting to watch their offense. Juju was wide open in the seam for a touchdown Roethlisberger yeah. missed him by four or five yards. And then later Juju could have had another touchdown and just stopped running on the route. Um, was that Juju or Johnson? 
I think, well, there was definitely one with Juju because there was a little discussion about it on the sideline. Okay. I, th- I um, thought I saw It may have one. happened. Like, the whole offense is just disgusting. And Deontay Johnson's still going to be fine, and Najee Harris gets all the touches. So as long as he doesn't break down, I guess he'll be fine. But, yeah, I think those last three might all, indeed all be wasted picks. Those last three being Gaskin, Juju, and Ayuk. And starter sit Allen Robinson at Las Vegas next week. I'll probably start him. At least as a number three receiver. Glutton for punishment. All right. Maybe, <laughs> but this is still somebody who's a good player who's still playing a lot. Like the silver lining to him and to Robert Woods is that they're still and, and Pitts too and Ayuk is and, and I guess Juju too, almost all these guys, is that they're all playing a lot. And in the case oh, of Juju, Juju had eight targets. Had eight targets yeah. Right. But he just had two catches. I don't know when you'll feel good starting any of these guys. Moving forward, Pitts is a little bit of a different story because it's a tight end position and it's hard to we find agree. a tight end. I, can I, Ayuk's the easiest one to drop. Uh, I think it might be Gaskin. Because, well, I just think like, Ayuk is at Arizona this week. There's a zero percent chance you can start him this week. He got three. He's getting out targeted by Muhammad Sanu. I'm pretty sure. And then he yeah. has to buy. At least he's still playing a bunch too. I don't think you could feel good starting Ayuk if you had to cut him. You could potentially do it because of the buy and because Trey Lance is going to be the quarterback. So he's definitely going to see some throws that go five feet over his head. Um, Gaskin played two snaps in the second half. That makes me nervous. I, I'm not sure what the Dolphins coaching staff isn't seeing with him, but their offensive line is brutal. Yeah. Their offense is brutal. Mm-hmm. And Gaskin could be a grenade that you put onto somebody else's roster. Maybe I, you know, if you have any hope, it's that Tua can revive things a little bit because Tua's only played one game. He played, he had four pass attempts in week two, and I was just reading about the Miami Herald. I mean, they, their offense right now under Brissett is almost historically bad. Their passing offense, and that opens up everything. And they, I mean, they are just Brissett is fantasy poison. Anyway, uh, we already, I had a, a question about some backfield issues. We already talked about Seattle, so let's just run through this one real quick here. Do you see any issues for Aaron Jones? as he and A.J. Dillon both had 15 carries in this game. I will say that Dillon did have eight of them in the fourth quarter. Jones had just a handful, maybe one or maybe one to three. Uh, but it wasn't such a blowout, I don't know. But, yeah, do you see any issues going forward with Aaron Jones? I don't see any major issues going forward with Aaron Jones. We did hear on Fantasy Football Today Sunday morning from Tom Spencer, uh, an editorial consultant with the NFL on CBS, that – A.J. Dillon was going to see a little bit more work today against Pittsburgh. So I, I think that I don't know if that's because Aaron Jones isn't playing at 100%. I still feel good about Aaron Jones uh, as a fantasy start. But Dillon, if, if, I don't know what his roster ship is. It's, oh, 66%. So he still might be out there in a handful of leagues. Absolutely think he's worth a roster spot. But if, if, if Aaron Jones gets 18 touches a week the rest of the season, we're going to be thrilled. Yeah, if, if they both get 18 touches or close to it, then Aaron Rodgers <laughs> might be in a little bit of trouble, but he wasn't today. He was good again. Okay, quick buy or sell here. Buy or sell. Sam Darnold is a fantasy difference maker. He is 70% rostered. He has had three straight 300-yard games. First time in his career he's had even two straight. And uh, 35 points at Dallas. Buy or sell. Sam Darnold is a fantasy difference maker. Until. I, I think I want to sell it. It's kind of based just on his track record, his inconsistency as a passer, the fact that he's getting a lot of his fantasy points from running for touchdowns. It's something that I'm not used to seeing. Five from of them? Him. Crazy. It's a little nuts. It's a little uh, nuts. Yeah. I mean, his, his, the, he's not a bad 
quarterback to use in the right situation. And I think he might even fit into that Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr range. Um, maybe he's better than Ryan Tannehill now, but I don't think he's a difference maker. Okay. I do think he's a potential fantasy starter. Just not one, not he's, I don't think he's a must start fantasy quarterback. He's got Philly he's, next week. Yeah. He's not one of those quarterbacks that. that you would, like he's not in the category of the quarterbacks you wouldn't trade for uh, Dalvin Cook. <laughs> hey, it's Saquon Barkley. It's not Dalvin Cook. Uh, buyers trade Miles Sanders for him, Heath. <laughs> yeah. I just don't know who needs Sam Darnold. That's the thing, right? Like, who, you think about all of the teams, all of the leagues that you have. Are you in? I don't think in any of them I'm going for Sam Darnold. I just I'm okay at quarterback. You know, I don't need him. It's a weird. That's why thing. it's really important to get one of those elite ones. And, and it make is sure you because don't trade everyone away. has one. That's why you can't trade one away. You can't trade one. It's not like a tight end where like five people have one. Everyone has one. So you don't want to be the one person in your league who doesn't have a great quarterback. Heath. All right. Buy or sell. Marquise Brown and Debo Samuel are legit breakouts. Marquise Brown and Debo Samuel are legit breakouts. Buy. Buy. Yeah. I'll buy it. I think we would have had a harder time saying bye after week one, but sample size has grown. Brown has had three great games and one game with a bunch of drops where if he manages to hold on to like two of those balls, he's had a, he has a big game. He's legit Debo and his target volume. The only way that's changing and it could change with Trey Lance under center is if the run game really starts to spike in San Francisco. And then there's just, now we're talking about a team that maybe throws the ball 20 times a game. So there, there could be some target drain potentially there, but for now, no one's sitting Debo. And this is just my perception. We don't, none of us know this yet, but I almost think Trey Lance might be better for Debo because that, okay. because I tr- Debo does a lot of non-traditional wide receiver things and succeeds in a lot of non-traditional wide receiver ways. And I don't think will the offense will be as traditional with Trey Lance running things. It'll be more change of direction stuff, more RPO stuff, more, I think, screens at the line of scrimmage where the defense yeah. got their attention half on Trey Lance. Um, I just, and that, that might be wrong, but I could see Samuel really thriving with Trey Lance. The one thing that I worry about, though, is think about the two best plays that Debo Samuel has had this year. And one came today from Trey Lance, and the other one was back in week one. How many of those plays is he going to have where there's busted coverage and he's wide yeah, open or he's if had, teams are he, if teams he, he are worried a great sideline catch and then how many tackles how many of those does lamar jackson get a year like eight to ten from his receivers or from him himself running well they no for his receivers because teams are so scared of him himself running i mean lamar jackson the year that he broke out it was just insane efficiency because defenses were so concerned with stopping the run the guys were running wide open deep in the secondary but that's not what happened in either of these scenarios with debo and in week one he caught a pass about the 50 yard line defender falls down he gets another 50 yards and a touchdown in week four seattle was playing zone coverage miscommunication they just let him run free lance gives him the pass 76 yard touchdown so i how good would his numbers be they'd probably be pretty good but if you took away 126 yards or something like that and two touchdowns you know what would he be I don't, I don't know if that's fair or not but right. he, uh, I'm, I'm just saying i think those types of mistakes are more likely to happen when trey lance is quarterback than jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, i would agree with that yeah um i would still yeah. ride debo samuel until we see significant change in this 49ers offense who would you rather have marquise brown or debo 
Debo. I think Brown is sustainable for the rest of the year. I don't know, two weeks in a row. I don't know why they're going away from Brown in the second half. He had four yards in the second half. It doesn't really matter. He ended up with a good game, but uh, four yards in the second half. All right, some news and notes for you here. Brandon Cooks had a bad game, but he had 54, 54% of Houston's receiving yards, which is, some, I think, somewhere in the 80s this At week. halftime, he led the Texans in receiving yards with three. <laughs> wow. And the Bills had more catches from Davis Mills than the Texans did. Oh, my gosh. That's terrible. Uh, yeah. Saints running back Tony Jones was carted off the field. Uh, Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks was a bad week for the Bears. Not only did they lose two running backs, they lost two of their best defensive players up front. Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks both left with injuries. Didn't mention this when we were talking about the Bills running backs, but Devin Singletary fumbled again. Is that five, four? It's four or five already this year. Did it go out of bounds? I don't know. Okay. All the other ones did. They didn't count. Taysom Hill had two rushing touchdowns. He played too much. For Jameis Winston fantasy managers, if there are any in a single QB league, but he started play a lot. I don't think anything's imminent there, but he he uh, I, I don't know. Winston was okay. Uh, San Francisco center Alex Mack left with a hand injury, and then oh my gosh, did you see what Baltimore did at the end of the game with their streak? No. Okay, they had going into the game a forty-two game streak of one hundred rushing yards. The record is held by the seventy Steelers at forty-three. On the last play of the game, they were at 97 yards. They had the ball up two scores. Obvious kneel time. This is why they did that. They ran oh. for five yards with Lamar Jackson to keep the streak alive and tie the record at 43. <laughs> so dirty. We, we saw it happen, and we didn't we didn't have the sound on in the game. We didn't realize that there was a record at stake. Yep. Uh, and and Pete Prisco said, if they did that to me, I'd be so upset. And I'm paraphrasing what he really did say. <laughs> what are you, are you, you kidding don't really me? See that. That's a little, participation, that's a little... Pete. Participation. The other team trying as hard as they can at the end of the game. But when it's a blowout <laughs> win like that, the respectful thing to do is to take a knee. Absolutely. Not to mention you're, you're putting Lamar Jackson in play again. So, yeah, the five-yard run there puts them over 100 and ties. Maybe it had to do with the record being held by the Steelers. I don't know. But ties the Steelers 43 straight games with 100 rushing yards. All right. Let's get into the games. It'll be fun to see how they get to 100 rushing yards next week with the running backs they have. Maybe Lamar will do it all by himself. Maybe. Dallas 36, Carolina 28. And uh, we talked about Sam Darnold. What else we got in this game? Believe it or not, Heath. Believe it or not, you should take what you can get for Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, and C.D. Lamb. I don't believe it for Lamb because I don't think you're going to get that much. <laughs> I might believe it. I might believe it for Cooper. And I just don't think I'm going to get enough that's going to really satisfy me for Dak unless it's a two-quarterback league. But I, I think the problem is, and I don't, this isn't for sure, but if they run the offense they've run the last three weeks for a majority of the rest of the season, like I know you're not going to get very much for Cooper or Lamb, but I think they might be like what we thought Adam Thielen was going to be coming into the year. If I could just say this on Lamb, though. Three weeks ago, I think he had 80 yards. Last week, he came an inch short of a long touchdown. Right. This but week, he stunk. I think it's just the... But forget about his production that's not what i'm talking about at all 
if they th- we know and it's happening again this year, you can expect about 20% of the targets each for Amari Cooper and CD Lamb. Um, th- that's how they're distributing the targets. If they're throwing 25 to 30 passes a game, even 30 passes a game, that's six targets a week. That's bad. You know what else is concerning? There's more too. It, it's I could sit here and say I don't really buy their defense, but I don't even think that matters. I I, I think they're going to run the ball a lot, even when like, I mean they gave what they gave up twenty eight points today, but a lot of it was late. I but, get so frustrated when teams have good passing games and choose to run the ball, but they're running the ball so well they, right they now. Are, you yeah, can't even argue with killing it. People. Like they are just yeah. thrashing teams. Right. It's how they envisioned it being with that offensive line. And it's what we're used to seeing from that offensive line. Even Zeke had an explosive run today. I thought of you, Adam. But they're running the ball well. They're not throwing it as much. And the tight ends are getting involved. So it's it's kind of this ugly trifecta that's hurting Cooper and Lamb. So, so let's talk about how we value them rest of season then. You know, what are you thinking? Like, First of all, is it easy to say DJ Moore just staying in this game? DJ Moore is ahead of them. Yes. yes. And Robbie Anderson is not. No. No, Robbie. <laughs> Robbie got the targets, though. So I... I I don't know how fantasy managers are truly going to feel, but my hunch is that many of them will cut him and that you will see Robbie on the waiver wire in a bunch of leagues. All right, what about Tyler Lockett? Two great games to start the season, two crap games in a row now. So who do you like better, Cooper, Lamb, Lockett? Lockett, Cooper, Lamb. I think I'm going to go Lockett, Lamb, Cooper. All right. How about Debo Samuel or a Cowboys wide receiver? Debo, Cooper, Lamb. I think I think I have to say Debo Lamb Cooper, and I I do think there are people who have Debo Samuel or Mike Williams who might think, especially if Mike Williams has a bad game this week, who might think that they are really selling high on Debo or Mike Williams by getting Cooper or Lamb for them. And so if we're saying like that's the way that you could get what you can get for them now, I know this is a bit of a separate subject, but I, Mike Williams and Debo are totally separate to me. I. I, Mike Williams feels so much more legit and sustainable than Debo. Agreed. In, in the way I see it, anyway. If he does, yes. I, well, again, we'll s- see his fourth game, but I think so, yes. <laughs> okay. If his fourth game is six targets with four catches for 60 yards, then it's going to feel different. Maybe, but I just it's just the situations. It's the, it's the faith in Herbert, basically, compared to the faith in the 49ers passing game. But uh, but I digress. Uh, drop Robbie Anderson. He did have 11 targets. He and, uh, he and DJ Moore were the only players on the team with more than five targets. So drop or stash Robbie Anderson. I think he's a drop candidate, not somebody that you should absolutely get off of your team. If you need the roster spot, if there's somebody off the waiver wire that you like better, you make the move. I think Robbie, we've got uh, We set the bar at the beginning of the show. So I would drop him before Miles Gaskin and Juju, but I would drop Brandon Ayuk before him. Last question on this game. Dalton Schultz. I think you already answered this. Well, I'll make you answer it again. Dalton Schultz or Dawson Knox? And I'll throw one more guy in there. Noah Fant. How would you rank them? Fant, Schultz, Fant first. Yep. Schultz second, Knox third. Yep. All right. Do you want the running back snaps for these games, Adam? Uh, only if you think they are super relevant. Chuba Hubbard, 47% of the snaps. Rod Smith, 37% of the snaps. All of Rod Smith's snaps were pass plays. So that's just terrible for Chuba. Down, it's really bad for Chuba. If, if he's Chubber. a first and second down back on this team, that's that's not good. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully only one more game. 
Kansas City 42, Philadelphia. How's all your fab, Eli Mitchell and Chuba Hubbard managers? Uh, Kansas City 42, Philadelphia. Don't be rude. Well, it's a lesson to be learned here. Well, I mean, we didn't know that Elijah Mitchell's shoulder was going to fall off. He still stunk against the Eagles, you know? It's true. Okay. All right, sorry. Well, what are you Speaking supposed to which, spend your fab on if you need? Listen, I, not that I went out and spent 90% of my fab on either of these guys. I put in big bid. I put in a big bid for for Chuba. It was probably in the 30s or something. But you know, believe it or not, Kenneth Gainwell is the best running back on the Eagles rest of season. I rolled my eyes at that one on Twitter. Yeah, I can't. I can't <laughs> believe that. But it's it's close. Here's how close it is. Sanders played 63 percent of the snaps to Gainwell's 40 percent. But in the red zone, 11 of 17 snaps for Sanders, eight of 17 for Gainwell. So he's making inroads. Like we thought Patterson was doing last week in Atlanta, he's making inroads on those high value touches and he's getting catches. Those are high value touches too. I think percentage wise, that was the second highest believed, believe it or not, on Twitter at 55% believing that Gainwell would be better than Sanders. Wow. Season. I I think, and I don't know if you guys know this, but I think he, he scored the rushing touchdown after a play of his own. I think he got down to like the seven yard line. On oh, a it was the Philly special. That's that's yes. We've had seen, that has happened to Miles Sanders so many times where they've gone hurry up right. after a long play over the yeah, last okay. three years. Right. Boston Scott used to do it to him all the time. Okay, right, but it wasn't like all right. They huddle up and they're there, they're inside I the think ten yard. Something game. to the fact that when teams who have Miles Sanders on their team get into the red zone and he's on the sideline, they don't think we should we should get Miles Sanders in their wait. <laughs> okay, Let, let's talk about Clyde Edwards-Elair here. 85% started. He ends up with 14 carries for 102 yards, and he scores a receiving touchdown at the one-yard line. But Daryl Williams was in at the goal line, had a goal line touchdown, was in at the goal line on multiple mm-hmm. occasions. So I can't sit here and say Clyde's got that role. No. Uh, and also he had two catches. So again, like, what do we do now? Just just keep him. We can't just say to sell everybody, right? Some guys you no. just have to keep, right? Yeah. Yeah. So just keep him. But yeah. you you could, and maybe you should, because for a guy who's now had 100-yard games with the receiving touchdown in back-to-back weeks, still playing 52% of the snaps, he was third on the team in red zone and goal-to-go snaps at running back. Mm-hmm. Okay, Swift or Clyde? Swift. Swift. Gibson or Clyde? Gibson. I think Gibson will be a little higher on the trade chart. Anything else from this game? Tyreek with a huge game. Travis Kelsey sucks, obviously. Devontae Smith had 100 <laughs> yards. <laughs> uh, oh, the tight ends are interesting, I think, with Ertz and Goddard. Um, Ertz yeah, again, you know, that's how, that's how the Eagles were attacking them for a big chunk of the game was going on to the outer edges with the tight ends and with Devontae Smith. I uh, loved how Devontae Smith played in this game. Loved the usage. Uh, won some contested catches. Ertz is a thing. Uh, Goddard is still a thing. I don't think Greg Ward is really a thing. I uh, don't really believe that Rager or Quez Watkins is going to be a thing. Heath was watching Josh Gordon warm up before the game today. He had some video of Josh Gordon warming up. Oh, wow. And I, I, aren't you kind of excited maybe about him well, attributing I, to the offense, not necessarily being great for fantasy? Have you seen the pictures of like Josh Gordon in the locker room? No. no. He's always been just like had a perfect physique. And it is maybe they said he has a seven percent body fat and he's two hundred and thirty pounds, like me. And he is just ripped. And like he me. was running sprints before, 
And he did not, I don't think, and Dave, like, he, I'm not saying he looked like the fastest player in the NFL. He did not look like a 30-year-old who hasn't played football in two years. Um, he, he's, I'm pretty excited to see him play football again. Would you rather have him on your bench or Robbie Anderson? Oh, Josh Gordon. Okay, rapid-fire rapid fire questions Gordon. to uh, finish off this game. Here we go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I, is, Dallas Goddard, is, is Dallas Goddard definitely the best tight end on Philadelphia going forward? No. I can't use the word definitely. Uh-uh. Okay. Is <laughs> Should we just drop Nicole Hardman already? 51% rostered. No. Yeah, uh, well, hold on. How is he going to matter? How are you ever going to feel good starting McCole Hardman with uh, look, Kelsey had a miserable game today and Hardman still had two catches for 16 yards. And now Josh Gordon's coming to play. Yeah. What has we he done? Why, why would you? A def- lot okay. of, a lot right. of supplemental pieces in this offense. I, I would let Hardman go before Robbie or Ayuk or maybe even Gaskin. Moving on. Here we go. Jets with a win. 27, 24 in overtime over the Titans, despite having the ball for more than 10 minutes less than uh, Tennessee. Heath, what do we got on Jets and Titans? Believe it or not, if the injury designations don't change, Josh Reynolds is going to matter in week five. I guess. Nine targets led the team. They played Jacksonville. Yeah. So he'll matter. How about Jeremy McNichols getting eight (laughs) catches in the game? What the hell? What what was that? That was crazy. Um, Tennessee played 93 snaps of offense. So maybe a lot of that was just not overloading Derrick Henry. They completely dominated that game. At one point, they had like a 10 or 12-minute advantage in time of possession. They had 120 more total yards. And they just, I think they kicked too many field goals. Yeah, and they lost to the Jets, which is uh, which is no good. Um, I'm just getting a note here from Shrag. Unless you're a Jets fan, what's that? Unless you're a Jets fan, then it was pretty good. Uh, I'll, I'll get to this. Remind me of the Alvin Kamara history is made stat. Uh, also in this game, Corey Davis with a big game. Would you rather have Corey Davis or Devonte Smith? Devonte Smith. Would you rather have Corey Davis or Brandon Ayuk? Mm, I might go Davis. Yeah, Davis. Do you drop Brian Tannehill or just he's got the Jaguars next week? So I mean, if the receivers can get healthy, maybe he's a start. He's ninety four percent rostered. I wasn't yeah. laughing. I wasn't laughing at that. Um, he's been dropped in a lot of our leagues. Yeah, people ready to let him go. There's going to come a point this year where we run to start Ryan Tannehill. He's playing Jacksonville next week. Yeah, yeah but he doesn't have his receivers healthy. AJ he Brown's might. I don't think is going to be ready. Julio might be ready. Who knows? We I, I can't say that he might be. Um, but he's got a chance. I don't know how good I'd feel about starting Tannehill without those guys. Even with Jeremy McNichols. Another um, encouraging week for Michael Carter. He's finally scores. Yep. And 50% is, of the snaps for Carter. Yeah. A third of the snaps for Ty Johnson. Tevin Coleman, 18%. But Tevin did have some short yardage goal line work toward the end of the game. Oh, Crowder. We got to talk about him. 31% rostered. Is that too high, too low, or is that porridge just right for Jamison Crowder? Seven catches, 61 yards, and a touchdown on nine targets. He just I think. Thinking, go ahead, Heath. No, I was just say he was just did what Braxton Brios has been doing. We've all, or at least I have been giggling at Braxton Brios and his 22% target share. And now if Jamison Crowder is going to have that role, then yeah, he's, he's under, under rostered. Yeah. The cereal that comes in little O's 
Honey Nut Blank. How do you say that? <laughs> no, Dave, you got to give him some slack because he's a former baseball analyst who knows Jose Barrios. And okay, has, that's fine. He it's... assigned that to Braxton Barrios. So, Barrios. Yeah. My bad, my bad. I, I thought that Heath was just making... You, I said, wait, maybe you, say, honey, you say Honey Nut Cheerios? Cheerios. Cheerios? Cheerios. <laughs> All right, Churros. Cleveland 14. What a freaking dud. Uh, Listen, powder, hey, powder. No, not enough about Crowder. We're moving, moving on. on, for God's sake. Cleveland. Four, wants to know about Jamison Crowder. 14-7 Cleveland. I just want everyone to know that I did not call this game the Bonanza. You're probably curious. I didn't do it. It wasn't me. Horrible game for fantasy here. Uh, yeah. What do you got in Believe It or Not? Kareem Hunt's better than Dick Chubb? No, no. Believe it or not, Odell Beckham is never, ever, ever a must-start wide receiver. Getting back together. He's I never getting back together with my number two wide receiver slot. <laughs> yeah, probably not that. But when it comes to a number three receiver slot or a flex, I think people will still like Beckham. Baker had a miserable game. He missed Beckham on a number of throws. Beckham, I, I said coming into this week, Beckham should have had 100 yards last week. I don't think he would have had 100 yards this week, but he might have come close and he should have had a touchdown. So I think Odell... Really, just I, I I didn't say anything from Odell that makes me want to not use him, but I saw a lot from Baker Mayfield that made me nervous moving forward. What about the last two and a half years of his career? He looks better now than he ever did at any point in those last two and a half years. He's separating. He's he's got good speed. Um, he's just he's got a quarterback that's not putting the ball anywhere near his hands. He was okay, wide so open for a that, touchdown. That, but that I think it's like it's really weird, right? Like we dismissed this whole thing as it was funny. Baker Mayfield's not really better without Odell Beckham. But then as right. soon as Odell Beckham right. comes back, Baker Mayfield can't throw the ball anymore. It's well, look, he was 15 of 33 in the game. I think right. that's a pretty good indication of how bad he was. What's 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 Odell Beckham's problem? I look, it wasn't Beckham's <laughs> fault that he was running wide open for a touchdown and Mayfield made a terrible pass. It was a disappointing game. But even even the the bad of Odell Beckham in Cleveland was usually a guy you could start in a matchup like this. And and still, we have never seen him without Jarvis Landry, except for these last two games. And he's got uh, 16 targets in those two games. So I wouldn't be, I wouldn't dismiss him so quickly, guys, at the Chargers next week. If he gets eight targets next week, it could be a lot better. I know. I, he gets eight, if he gets eight targets next week? Yeah. He's probably going to be at five for 60, and maybe he scores. I'll give him a break. He had five for 77 on nine to five. You're probably right. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. For the we talked about uh, cause. You know, how about Thielen? Thielen has fifty or fewer yards in three straight games. But I think we know him to be a, a touchdown reliant type of fantasy option. And certainly, I would expect more catches. When when you say Adam Thielen has eight targets, I think all right. Well, he's going to catch five or six balls, and he only had three today. Bad game for these two teams. Let's flush it. Yes. You don't you don't stare at it. You flush it and you move on, right? That's what I learned recently. I believe Kareem Hunt played more snaps today than Nick Chubb. Fifty four percent for Hunt, forty six percent for Chubb. They were virtually even, both in the red zone and five yards or closer to go. Giants twenty seven, Saints twenty one. Uh, anything here? Yeah, believe it or not, Kenny Galladay's back as a uh, borderline number two wide receiver. I don't know if I want to call him a number two receiver. 
and we know that there's going to be some talent coming back to this offense. But for now, and especially with the matchup next week against Washington, that, that or, or no, I'm sorry, Dallas, Dallas. That's my bad. They play Dallas next yeah. week. That's gonna that won't be an easy matchup for him. Why I, not? I don't think he'll do quite this. It's good. like the worst secondary in the world. The Matt Cowboys? Ryan just torched him. Oh no, I'm sorry. You had me confused with with uh you I you put Washington in my head. My bad. That's my fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Washington's defense bad. Dallas's defense pretty good. Galladay might get you six for eighty next week. He might give you what Odell a little bit better than what he thinks Odell can get. Can we just address Up, the Odell? The elephant in the room here though, like no Shepard, no Slayton, kind of a big deal. Sure, of course. Yeah. I how about Kadarius Tony with nine targets? You should be very happy if you have Kadarius Tony in Dynasty Leagues. That guy's going to be good. What else did you think about this game? You should be very happy if you've got Saquon Barkley in your fantasy leagues because he continues to show signs of stepping it up. All right, yeah, we should probably talk about him. 13 carries, 52 yards and a touchdown, five catches, 70. No, there is a lot to talk about here. Five catches, 72 yards and a touchdown because he still is not running the ball well. And maybe that will come back, but he's obviously... When you see the plays he makes when he finally gets into space, he's obviously still very explosive. But the question is, what kind of role will he have in the passing game when Shepard's back? Because, you know, Shepard is, is just like his BFF of Daniel Jones. So, you know, if you can't get the passing game production, are you going to... This guy's like three yards per carry, you know? Whatever it is, it's really bad. He was four today. Yeah, and he had a 17-yard carry. It was his best. It was at like garbage time at the end of the first half. It was his only really... Good carry, really great one. Anyway, anyway, do you are you just completely sold? Barkley is Barkley, or what? I don't want to say that Barkley is Barkley, but I am going to say that Barkley is a good running back who's capable of putting up fantasy points every week, regardless of who he plays. This was one of the toughest matchups in fantasy for a running back to have. He had two total touchdowns and over 100 total yards. I, I do think I'm going to do the Azer thing now. Um, I believe nice. in regulation, he had 12 carries. Um, three catches, about 90 yards, and one touchdown. A very good day. Yeah. But his day became a monster day in overtime. Right. Uh, Alvin Kamara, thank you to Schrager for this stat here. This is from Mike Clay. In 71 NFL games, today was Kamara's first with more than 24 carries and also his first without at least one target. So weird day for him, but he had a really good game, 120 yards, didn't score, no catches, very strange, but still still good. I don't think that's a really good game in PPR leagues. It, it was it still it. It's okay, was a good game for him, is what I meant. You know, like he he ran really is, well. But is he a sell high candidate? Can you get good value for Alvin Kamara in a trade? Look, name might- recognition, first round pick. Just ran for 120 yards and had 24 carries. If you're struggling right now, he's got Washington next week. They've got a good run defense, but he has a bye in week six. So if you really need wins, I don't know. I might want to consider it, but what would you take? Would you rather have Barkley or Kamara? I think in a PPR league, I might lean toward Barkley. Okay. There, there's been enough of a sample size. How many games this year does he have with more than four catches? More than four? Uh, maybe just one? I don't know. He had three last week. I don't know if he has any with more than four. I don't think he does either, but let me double check. Sometimes I misremember things. All right, while you look three, that up. Three, four, three, zero. And no more than 29 yards receiving. If you can get a decent, a better than decent haul for Alvin Kamara, if you're trading Kamara with getting a first-round value for him, 
I think you should consider it because he's in PPR leagues because I don't think he's going to, I think the uh, Drew Brees is gone. James so you think Zeke, Zeke over Kamara? Yes. Ugh. That's easy. Saints offense sucks. <laughs> Just tell you that right now. All right, Chicago 24, Detroit. I mean, then Mike 14. Thomas is a sell-high candidate because this offense sucks. We'll talk about it Wednesday. Or Chicago 24, Detroit 14. Heath, believe it or not. That's a good um, TJ Hawkinson is who he always was. I don't want to believe it. I don't I don't want to be a cowboy. Uh, I like the eight targets. I wish he had more catches. I kind of believe it, though, Heath. Yeah, no, I, 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 he's better. Who he but always he's, was is not fair. Yeah, yeah. Who, who he was last year. Um, a, a nice starting tight end. I, I don't know that I can name five guys I'd rather have ahead of him. I'd still take him over Dawson Knox and Dalton Schultz. For sure. sure. So, you know, who's ahead of him? I think it's just... I, I think I'd take Andrews, but, you know, it's weird. I, I think I would take Andrews. After week two, that wasn't even a question. It was clearly Hawkinson. And now after week four, what it's clearly Andrews, it's that's a why, trap you run into in fantasy football. That's why, as I say, you take your victory laps as soon as possible, as <laughs> soon as something good happens. And if you were on the other side, you just always say, I need a larger sample size. And just hope, <laughs> hope that in a couple of weeks, it turns your direction. So I guess if we were drafting tight ends again, he'd still be a top six guy. He'd be right around sixth, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I think encouraging Vikings signs week. from Fields. 11 of 17, 209 yards. That's terrific. Not running, though. And, yeah, I, do you think do you think Justin Fields is going to hang on to the job? Do you think he's going to be the starter next week? I think yeah. so. Yeah, I think so. Okay. At Las Vegas. It's a winnable game. And then they've got them all... Rolled up and ready to go to take on the Packers and get smashed. That's yeah. typically how it works in Chicago. Mm. Just when they, they build up their quarterbacks, and then it's Green Bay, Tampa Bay, San Francisco, Pittsburgh, four in a row. All right, let's see if he does anything next week. Maybe we'll talk about selling. So Colts twenty-seven, Dolphins seventeen. What do we got? Uh, yeah, it was like, believe it or not, Will Fuller is droppable. Believe it. Hurt again. I guess so. Offense is terrible. You want to talk about a terrible offense, Adam? This Dolphins yeah. offense is. Ugh. Yeah, Brissett, fantasy poison. He's he's the worst. Fantasy poison. He's, he's been, been good for he's been pretty great for Mike Gesicki. Yeah, right. He's saved his career. Yeah, I, I I guess we could. I don't know where to go here. I mean, let's talk about Pittman. And Jonathan Taylor had a good game. Naeem Hines is a pass-catching running back, so he, of course, was a total letdown. 34% started. But let's talk about had Pittman. A fumble too. What do you think about him? 41% started Michael Pittman. Eight targets. So that is 12, 12, and eight targets in his last three games. He had one great game. He's been okay otherwise. Heath, what do you do with Michael Pittman? Uh, he's, a, he's a number three wide receiver that you start most weeks, especially in PPR. Um, this is like six for 59 on eight targets. He's probably right. Like I prefer him to Odell Beckham, but they're in the same ish range. Oh, I don't, I don't like him as much in non PPR. Wouldn't start him next week in non PPR would be a flex in PPR next week against Baltimore. Two weeks from now, they get Houston. I'm going to like him a lot better for that game. Uh, assuming that T Y Hilton isn't back by then. Should we be picking up Malcolm Brown? He is 13% rostered. 
If you need a running back with a pulse, I guess. I'm I would, just, I'm I would not drop Miles staff. Gaskin for him. I'm waiting for this coaching staff to wake up and realize that Malcolm Brown just isn't that great. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should be picking up Savan Ahmed. Who knows? Maybe. Uh, maybe. All right. League. I'm good with this. But he's barely playing. And the snap counts for the Dolphins were it, – it, it's – I don't I don't even want to read it. Okay, I'll read it. Uh, Malcolm Brown, 65% of the snaps. Gaskin, 24% of the snaps. You already know about what happened in the second half. Savan Ahmed, 10% of the snaps. Yeah. Well, look, we talked about how they don't they – don't, they're getting away from Gaskin in pass protection. So they're trailing in this game. And I guess it's not a huge surprise that Malcolm Brown was on the field. Bills, 40. Texans, 0. Davis Mills scored, I think, negative five fantasy points. Yikes. Brandon Cooks had five catches for 47 yards, which was a miracle considering the offense. Heath, what do we got, believe it or not, for Bills and Texans? We've talked about Zach Moss. There's no, like We talked about Cole Beasley. We talked about Dawson Knox. Nobody wants to talk about the Texans. We're moving on. All right, fine. Just real quick. Are you downgrading Josh Allen at all because he's only had one game with more than 23 points in six-point leagues. No. Okay. You're still going to start him. He's still a top-five quarterback. David Johnson led the way in snaps for Houston with 57%. And now even the Texans don't want to use Phillip Lindsay. He was down to 17%. Okay, Washington 34, Atlanta 30. Believe it or not, what do we got? Yeah. Um, well... It was. We already talked about Patterson. We already talked about Pitts. We already talked about Gibson. We already talked about McLaurin. Uh, believe it or not, Taylor Heineke is actually a useful fantasy quarterback. I believe it. Yeah, he, he finds obviously away. some lucky throws, but he he's he's out there doing some good things for that offense. I, he, look, he obviously let you down. We got the Saints coming up this week, but yeah, he's he he is finding a way to score. 23, 24, 33 fantasy points in in three starts, six point per passing touchdown leagues. All right, let's talk about Gibson because going into this game, we had said maybe, all right, this is the week you start Gibson and then you can consider getting rid of him, seeing what you can get. 14 carries, 63 yards and a touchdown, two catches, total yards. He's had 73 or more total yards in every game. He's had two 100-yard games in terms of total yards. Do we still feel like we're selling Gibson or do we just keep him? I'm not selling him. I would sell him if you can get. I don't give him away. Like, but what is he? RB fifteen rest of season? He might uh, rest of season. I don't know if he's even going to be that high. There's there's things that we talked about with Edwards Elaire that we didn't like that apply to Gibson. He's not catching the ball a ton. He played fifty six percent of the snaps in the game. Did leave a little bit late in the game. McKissick played the final seven snaps, but they were in their hurry up offense. Gibson might not have played anyway. McKissick played 40% of the snaps overall. He's sharing with J.D. McKissick. He is getting, he's getting these touchdown plays that kind of covers up the smell. But those touchdown plays are good for fantasy. Yeah. They are good for fantasy, but I don't know if they're going to be consistent, and he's not going to be a workhorse back if he's not playing 70% plus of the snaps. I don't think it's in his future. You can shop him around. I don't if think you, that they're not – we know there's not 15 running backs that are playing 70% of the snaps. There's not – Eight running backs that are playing. But if you can turn him into one who is like who, I mean, they think the only one would be with Gibson, DeAndre Swift would be like the only one that right now you could try. And let's be real, and he's playing like forty-five percent. Swift has played two pretty 
pretty disappointing games and two great games. And we just got this quote from Dan Campbell. Oh, we're going to see more DeAndre Swift. Right, by the way, I shouldn't have skipped over him. I'm sorry about that. When we Maybe Dan there. Campbell wanted to see more DeAndre Swift, so we had him stand next to him on the sideline. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I totally glossed over him when we when we recapped that. Or did we not get to that game? We didn't. Oh, okay. Well, that explains things, doesn't it? No, no I skip, I think I just skipped the game. Um, My bad. We talked a lot about Chicago players. All right, we'll go back. You know what? We'll do that game after this. All right, so anyway, Gibson. Gibson or Swift, rest of season? Swift. I think it's Swift. And we did that game. Right? I did the TJ Hawkinson as the same guy as always. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we, okay. we did. All right, I'm sorry. It, so it's late. It was Heath. forgiven. How about this? Heath's fall that we skipped Swift. Gibson <laughs> or James Robinson, rest of season? Ooh, I like that one. I, I, I've got my Gibson. answer. Gibson. I'm taking Robinson. Okay. Uh, anything else from... Washington, Curtis Samuel, for, Curtis Samuel, 49% rostered. Should he be higher, lower, or just right? I'd rather have Jamison Crowder. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, you I can have I, Jamison Crowder for his three straight good games and then <laughs> then trade him for Curtis Samuel. Then he either gets hurt or he... Well, maybe their out. three games won't be at the same time. Maybe I can have three good games of Crowder and then three good games of Samuel. Speaking of which, I have a great fantasy football philosophy. Acquire if both J.D. McKissick and Naeem Hines and start Hines on odd weeks and McKissick on even weeks, and you are just going to own it. I don't know what happens during the bye weeks. I that I haven't looked up their buys, but that's they've been alternating. All right, we get to the late window here. Arizona 37 and the Rams 20. Uh, believe it or not, DeAndre Hopkins is not a top 12 fantasy wide receiver. I didn't rank him as that this week. I kind of believe it. I also believe it. There we go. I, I do like it. that he led them in targets, but it's only by one over AJ Green, by two over Max Williams. Really? Max Actually, Williams? I had a real believe it or not from the um, article for this game, so I'll do that one as well. Chase Edmonds and James Conner are both startable fantasy running backs. Yeah, when the matchup's good. And like, I, you know, like, listen, like they went up against one of the right. There's so all like matchups to, always good for them. You know what? Then I think I've got to believe it. This well, is one of the toughest matchups for running backs, and they both did great. I look, Connor is Edmonds. I don't think I consider really a start in non PPR. Because uh, he had twenty touches in this game. Yeah, look, they had the ball for thirty five minutes. They destroyed. They they kicked the Rams' butt. But I don't know. Like Connor, this was the first time where he had a lot of carries. Oh no, I'm sorry, he had sixteen in week one. Yeah, but I don't know, man. Like, he had 18 carries for 50 yards. Is that right? And two touchdowns? If he doesn't score a touchdown, he stinks, especially in PPR. So, I don't know. He was starting 11% of leagues. That's four touchdowns in the last two games. It's it's just like Kenyon Drake, except typically not getting as much work as Drake. I think he's kind of, um, like, he's a less efficient Zach Moss. Fair. But I'm not sure if he's... Is, is he killing the clock in the fourth quarter? That might be the case. I think I mean, we yeah, did see yeah, that actually in week one. Yeah. yeah. Um, is he the only... I know he's the goal line guy. What about all of the red zone? No, no, he's not. He's not all of the red zone, but he's the right. he's the guy. He's the goal line guy. But he's the goal line guy for sure. Look, maybe this is somebody you trade for if you're really hurting at running back and he's a potential starter for you. Although I do have to warn you, their next four games, four of their next five games, San Fran, Cleveland, Green Bay, San Fran, with a game against Houston at home nestled in between. Yeah, they 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 might be the best team in football right now. So, is San Fran a worse matchup for running backs than the Rams? 
I don't think so. But no, it, it doesn't matter it's with Connor. Time, it's man. not about running all over them. It's about plunging in for a one yard touchdown. It's honest to God. It's what you need every time. If he yeah. doesn't do that, he's not gonna. He's not gonna like light it up for you. All Could right. he get you sixty total yards in a game? Like is his floor six in a non PPR? Maybe. No, I don't think that's his floor. Could be uh, a little no. worse. Okay, let's move on here. Um, let's go to uh, just Daryl Henderson. I think he got to be encouraged. Sony Michelle fumbled. I'm not sure if he had another carry after the fumble, but Henderson had a nice game. Five catches, 14 carries for 89 yards, five catches. So we'll probably be confident in him next week. Baltimore 23, Denver 7. Let's finish up, guys. Uh, a few minutes here. Go ahead. Believe it or not, Noah Fant is the only fantasy starter on the Broncos. Is that with Drew Locke or is that just period? Is that what? With Drew Locke or just period? Period. Um, mm, I, I think he's yeah. the only must start. and it we're, has to we're not counting flexes. Let's just say like fantasy starters. Oh, uh, yeah. This this split touch with Melvin and Javante Williams needs to be annoying. not happening. Like either one <laughs> so of them. If, if Javante Williams went away, I think Melvin Gordon would be good. I think I think he would take more work away from whoever they would use behind him. I think Mike Boone might be ready to play. So, like, if Javante Williams went away, Melvin would be, like, in that 65% range. I, I do think we need to be careful. We've got a couple of examples of this. Um, but, like, Cortland Sutton's basically only been good against Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's disappointing. Uh, okay. Seattle 28, San Francisco 21. Uh, yeah, let's see. Believe it or not. Man, we did Trey Lance. We did Trey Sermon. We did, we did yeah, most, most of Collins. this game. Is there a Kittle, believe it or not? Yeah, believe it or in not, Trey Lance is, is going to ruin George Kittle. It's the reason why we had Kittle at three coming into the year. And uh, I think it's possible. I think it's possible that Lance can really hurt all the pass catchers. I will say, because I did this for Justin Fields, so in, in defense of Trey Lance, there was a ball that hit both of George Kittle's hands in the end zone. Yeah, I'm not. I wouldn't call it a drop because the defender knocked it away, but he he did hit Kittle in the end zone in the hands. Yeah. Yes. Everybody thought that the Dwelly touchdown was a Kittle <laughs> touchdown, including the. Stats feed from the NFL. They originally gave it to Kittle instead of to Dwelly. That one stunk. Oh, that I, one I don't really Dwelly on that mistake. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to finish with a with a stat correction question for you guys. Uh, all right, so we talked about that game a little bit. We, we've really covered almost everyone in this game. Chris Carson, Metcalf, uh, Metcalf has 65 or fewer yards in three of four games. You guys worried at all about him? I'm a little worried about both receivers here but not to the point where I'm dumping them off my team. Okay. Finally, Green Bay 27, Pittsburgh 17. I believe it or not, Najee Harris is a sell high. Nah. Uh, I'm not going to. I don't think he's a sell high. I, nah. I think there's going to be a lot of ugly games, but I think he's locked in. All six of his catches came in the second half. I think he's locked into playing a ton. Another game with over 70% of the snaps for Najee. And he gets a lot of touches week in and week out. Did that's how I feel. Yeah. I think I'd rather have Gibson. I'm afraid this thing gets even worse in Pittsburgh. I think it's my fear. And it's already so bad. It's spiraling. 
they are definitely people that want to make the quarterback change, you know, according to the reporting. And mm-hmm. I, they, they didn't look like they were all best friends today. Like us. Well, they're, they're losing and it's obvious why they're losing. Uh, uh, I totally get it. Could you turn Najee Harrison to Gibson and another player? Like a bench guy. Yeah, I think so. I think today you might be able to turn him into Swift and another player. Now that I like. Love that DeAndre Swift. Okay, folks, that's it for today's show. I did want to ask you guys the John Ross touchdown catch. I should thought, be a, go ahead. I, I, I wouldn't be ask. surprised if there were a stat correction on that. Uh, it's currently a touchdown catch, right? Yes. But I think I thought he may have fumbled it and recovered it in the end zone, which would take. I don't think it's going to matter to anyone except Daniel Jones, two QB leagues or something. But uh, I thought they had said on the broadcast that they took the. Da- in fact, Kenny Albert said something like, "If you have Daniel Jones on your fantasy team, well, they took away the touchdown." But I kept looking, and they never took away the touchdown. So, just a, a heads up to you: there could be a stat correction there. Ross made a catch; it was like something almost sixty yards, and he fall, came loose just before the goal line. He recovered it in the end zone. Right now, it's a touchdown. It might not be a Daniel Jones touchdown. Damn, at the end of the day. Danny. Danny Dimes threw for 402 yeah. yards today. Yes, he did. Yeah, he did. It was really incredible. We just yes. have to stay away from him and not call him a streamer. No, he played really well. All right, we're out of here, everybody. We uh, will talk to you tomorrow on Fantasy Football Today.